she got married and the baby she carried came out beautiful and bright. She forgot all about that night. Way back when she might have started something, it wasn't nothing. She's the best woman on the planet. Might have had a shot, but I took it for granted. Could have started. Okay, tell an anecdote. Um, an anecdote about what? Once upon a time. I just told you when we hit record, <laughs> you have to tell an anecdote, and you, and they asked if you were ready, and you said yes, <laughs> I was ready, and you were not. I don't even know what that really means. About what though? Okay, forget the anecdote. What are we doing today? <laughs> um, today we're talking about our. <laughs> That's the sound of the dog. <laughs> Godric, uh, Godrico, he's doing that because he's not getting any more chicken soup. Um, uh, we're talking about our top favorite movies of this past, the year that was. 2021. Gross. It's over. Now it's 2022. It's also gross. <laughs> yeah, it's over. January is almost over. Yeah, babe. Um, so we're well into the year, but, um... We are here to talk about... Well into the year? I don't know well, well a little bit. We're, into, <laughs> we're a couple of weeks into the year, but it's never too late to look back in the previous year. <laughs> it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favorite... Uh, the movies of 2021, our favorites. Each of us has picked five favorites. Top did five. You, did you get a list of five? I got a list of five. Okay, great. So we're going to do that. What else? Um, should we just go into it? What else do we need to say? What do you think of 2021 as a year? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I what don't know if as I'm a year of movies? Did you? Oh, a year of you movies? Didn't watch that many I didn't movies. watch that much, actually. Many, 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 much, much. Muy mucho, baby. <laughs> so the movie no. theaters reopened. They did that. And there was New York Film Festival that was we nice. We went to that. We went to that. Um, so that was nice, better than 2020. Yes. I'll tell you that much. For shizzle, when it comes manizzle. to movies. Um, what else? Nothing. Disney's going to own all movies <laughs> very soon. People are only interested in Netflix. What else is new? Not much. So movies are slowly dying, but we're here to talk about <laughs> some movies that um, are still good, regardless yeah. of the state of the world. Um, <laughs> do you want to say what you're what the worst movie that you saw this year was? The worst movie that I saw this year was... Oh, I don't know. You remember my reactions to movies more than I usually do. What I thought it? you would have it off the top of your head. This is the card counter you're least Oh yours. my god, you're right. Cause I che- well, it's because I keep trying to forget about that sinful fucking film. And you keep reminding me that it exists. You, you're the one who keeps ringing it up, saying I how much you I have not lately. It. You have lately. Every time you're like, card counter, and then I do have the same reaction where I go, ah, fuck, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sasha's least favorite is card counter. Yes. Um, my least favorite is probably that I watch is Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, I was on such this old podcast, Pod Queens, and I got... The old decrepit podcast that was. 
Well, because there's there are no episodes being released currently, and no. perhaps never again. I don't know. Well, I think it was too problematic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still out there if you want to listen to it. Shh, don't do. Oh, we're about to delete it and scrub um, all. But existing. anyway, I was on an episode and I got ratioed by all the millennials <laughs> for not liking Space Jam. So I gotta say, Space Jam Two makes Space Jam the original look like the Communist Manifesto or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the. Like a good thing in our book, yeah. Well, because Ish. this new movie is like the absolute worst in terms of being just a commercial for HBO and for Warner Brothers. So right. it's just like no. I uh, just uh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know why I said we should talk about our worst movies. Why we should talk about our favorite movies that are not know. the worst? <laughs> but let's get the negativity out of the way first, okay, so that we sure. don't have to. So we but we're gonna fight, fight about our choice. Oh, you we're want to fight? I suppose that we're gonna probably fight because we don't have the same top five. Obviously. But is there is there stuff that we don't like in each other's top five? Maybe we'll see. I don't know if there's stuff that we don't like, but I think there's stuff that we are like. I don't know if I would put that there. Or do we like, have any overlap? You know better than I do because okay. I don't know your list that much. You have my list. You know my list. You made my. Well, you didn't make my. No, list. No, because the until last until last night you were saying. Well, then like, the la- the list did not change because we saw what I saw and it does not <laughs> it did not shift. Okay, so why don't we start with your... Did you put them in order, or should we go in whatever order? Yeah, I don't think I put them in... Well, I kind of know the order, but I didn't put them necessarily. But we could. We can go with at least... five to one? Five to one, Okay, so we'll come down to our uh, favorites. So what is number five for you? Okay, so let me look at them. Okay, so number five for me is Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, so Mm -hmm. why don't you tell the folks, listen, what Tick, Tick, Boom is? Okay, so um, Tick Tick Boom is the is um, okay. So it's about Jonathan Larson who wrote Rent, and it's about kind of it goes between like looking at the uh, a stage performance that Larson did, and also like kind of just like telling the tale of his life as he's writing Rent, and how it becomes like this success and and like the tale of his life from that that moment in his life until his untimely death. I think that's not really accurate. It's more so, so about, it's not really about him writing Rent. It's about well, the stuff he was writing before he Right, I guess so. I so guess so. That's, he's a, yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah, you're right. He's not writing Rent so, yet. Right, the guy who yeah. wrote Rent. Sorry. Um, Scratch away. Okay, go back because this makes me feel stupid now that I said it wrong. No, I'm not going <laughs> to do any editing on this. Why? Okay, fine. But so, yes, not about writing Rent, but, the but fam- it's about... One of the famous things about him is that he died tragically the right night before, yeah. the night before rent was gonna open yes. and then rent of course became like a huge big deal on broadway and uh, a very important musical of its time some would say the hamilton of its time oh, sure. and guess who's the director of this movie Uh-oh. mr lin-manuel miranda, miranda. Yes. so he's directing and the andrew larson garfield is plays playing jonathan, jonathan larson, larson in a musical uh at that, a- it's a musical that he wrote, Tick, Tick, Boom, but right. it has been readapted into, into a story about his life. Right. And, um... So what do you like about it? Okay. Uh, I love, well, I love, um, so much about it, but I guess what are, like, easy thing to pick. The number one thing I think that everybody will walk away from this movie, whether you love the movie or not, I believe you will agree with me that Garfield's performance is fantastic it's just like it's a wonderful acting performance he like plays the role so with so much like genuine heart and 
you just feel like if you didn't, you know, know Larson beforehand that you feel like you maybe have gotten some version of him here in a way that feels really kind of lovely. Um, uh, but of, and honest. I kind of say. difficult character. Yeah, exactly. he's not always the most likable. No. He actually, he's, he's not a likable character. To me, character, he's very really. annoying. Uh, I was not <laughs> the biggest fan of the movie. I guess it's the biggest one. I think, unless there's something on my list that you hate, uh-huh. I think there's. This is probably the list, the movie on your list that I like the least. Probably. Um. Oh. Oh, that's our food. our food. Be so right back. Make a pause. <laughs> How do you do that? I'm just... Okay, we had to go down to get our food. We're gonna try to talk about some movies um, before we eat because we don't want you to listen to all of our um, eating Should noises. But um, now we're back. And um, what were we talking about? Tick, 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 boom. Oh, right. yeah. I was saying that I didn't love it so much. Yes. Um, it's just <laughs> kind of annoying to me. It just has that Ugh. kind of like theater Gross. energy I that you. I don't like. Um, As someone who actually really hates biopics most of the time, I think I am surprised that it's on my list. because I what, it, what, what made it stand out from other biopics? Um, I think because it allowed, I think... One, it's not somebody that everybody knows, right? So I think it makes it a lot easier to not have to, like, cater your um, depiction of Larson to, like, this, like, mass and probably watered-down version of who he was. Not that this... I don't know how this does it. But I think that when someone is more... The more famous someone is the and you make a biopic about them, the yeah. more likely it is that, like, every somebody goes in it with it preconceived notions about who that person is and what their life looked like and yada, yada, yada. And so I think um, it allows for less, like, suspension of disbelief sometimes because you're like, I know that's not, like, what that like, or whatever. I don't know. Something about not knowing, being explicitly knowing about his life as much helped me enjoy the movie more. Mm-hmm. Second, I think the music was integrated into the plot of the movie in a way that I thought was more enjoyable than the movies that I've seen. Um, and I think, like you said, it, I think it allowed Larson to be both, allowed him to be a com- a complicated character in a way that I think, um, other biopics feel like they have this very, oh my god, shut up. Sorry, that was my phone. This very, um, like, hero's tale, you know what I mean? Even, like, if, even if they start out rough, by the end of the movie, you're like, ah, they've, like, found some, like, justice, or they've, you know, come to some knowledge about something, or whatever, and I don't know, I feel like, um, because of how his life ended, it is, like, it doesn't do that for me in some way. I don't know. I don't know how it actually... F- who the fuck cares how it compares to other biopics? I just liked it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, That's the dog chewing at me. Should I say anything else about it? Well, yeah. So, like I said, music. I thought it was, to be honest, uh, directed pretty well. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. There's a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Someone does not agree. trying to not be uh, neg- negative. Or okay. Not to fight, okay, right? sure. I feel My- like I just... Yeah, I just didn't like the movie very much. I guess you didn't. I, um, there was some, the the one moment that I didn't love, and which is why it's five and not higher, <laughs> um, 
or one of the moments I didn't love the um the main girl's uh like eleven o'clock number like her big number kind of mm-hmm. felt really flat to me. I thought the problem with the movie is that it was a little too at times it was a little too glossy. I felt like there were moments where it was taking from where it was taking from movie musicals like Rent where it felt a little bit more gritty, like it was trying to, even with the music, it felt a little bit more down to earth. And then there was other times where they go ballistic with the CGI and all of the like fancy. Yeah, some of the effects, some like of the, some of the yeah. green screen stuff that they do, no, no real reason to right. do it and it looks pretty bad. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's probably what keeps it from being higher. But overall, story is great. Acting was lovely. Their voices are wonderful. Um, and it was an overall... He's a good singer. He's a good singer. Truly, I mean, spoiler alert, but from the... Listen. From the, um, moment that Larson is at the Delacorte until the rest of the movie, I cried the entire... It's like the last 30 minutes of the movie, I was crying the entire time. So... A few people have said that they're surprised that I didn't like the movie because it's kind of like you know, related to, like, it feels like something that I would relate to in our lives because we're, like, young people doing theater in New York or whatever. Oh, gross. Ew, no. I don't think you... The minute I saw the trailer for this movie, I knew you were gonna... I thought you would... To be honest, I'm surprised you don't, like, actively hate it. I kind of do. Okay. But uh, I just wanted to be nice about it. But I... Um, but I think, in terms of that, I think, like, it's one of those things that the more... The closer you are to something, the more... um, or, you know, when you feel like it's something that it's, like, a little similar to your own experience, you are, like, more demanding about it or, like, more nitpicky about it. Yeah, I don't I don't think... I don't think I like this movie at all because it reflects my place in life. Okay. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't think that that's really the reason that I connect with it. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a little bit. But, like, I wouldn't be, like, the reason I love this movie is, like, as a creative in New York City, I know how hard it is and how, um, I feel like I'm running out of time, which I do, but, like, yeah, but that's, that's not the not... reason I like the movie. Okay. Yeah. I think that's kind of, like, the thing that I found, one of the things that I found kind of annoying about it. Was that aspect of it? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, like... There's a kind of, um, both Rent and Lin-Manuel Miranda have this kind of, like, I don't know, tone to themselves, like, sincerity and kind of, like, that theater (laughs) musical kind of thing of, like, having feelings and, like, singing about them and whatever, that it's, like, not, in in a particular tone, that it's different from other musicals, um, that I feel like it's a little too annoying for me. All right. Well, There's other musicals I like, like you know, have a, a slightly different tone. Well, Rent was definitely a big like moment for me. So. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> then there's that. Okay, so that is number five. I feel like Sasha. I didn't talk about that. How I like that movie at all. I guess I don't really? know why. You I'm just thinking. About, I get, I'm just thinking that I really enjoyed it, but maybe I haven't put. You haven't thought about it as much. Yeah. I mean, it is. People are liking the movie. I know a lot of people who really liked it. A lot of people have mentioned it to 
me or to us um, as like, did you guys see Tick, Tick, Boom? It was so good or whatever. And yeah. I think people are into it. It's getting like Oscar buzz and stuff. So people are connecting with it. Yeah, I guess I just didn't, I didn't yeah, prepare concrete answers for why. There are a lot of musicals it. this year. Um, what else was there? In the Heights. Oh, well, I hated that. You didn't like it. The- I no. didn't like it either very much. My f- I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. The best of the musicals that I, was for me West Side Story, but it's not on my list. But I think that was the best one. And I refuse to watch that it. That I saw. Well, so then you won't know if it's. Or good maybe enough. I will, but I will. I will. I don't think I can go into that movie with. Uh, I mean, nothing is objective, but I don't think I could even begin to be objective about watching that movie. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, let's move on. Number five for size is Tick Tick Boom. Yes, it is. Okay, and my number five. my number five. Um, okay, before I go number five, <laughs> I wanna. It's because I had six movies that I really loved this year. Okay, and I had to take mention. one of them out of it. Honorable mention, really quickly, Wes Anderson, French Dispatch. Um, sure. Great movie, Wes Anderson. He, the reason why I picked it as to not be on the list is because I feel like I have maybe the least to say about it. Mm-hmm. It's a new Wes Anderson movie. It's very Wes Anderson. <laughs> You know what you're going to get, and it's great. I don't know what else to say. He's just like, I feel like he has achieved a level of, uh, I don't know, talent, directing-wise, whatever, that he's just like operating at his own level, doing his own thing, and just like doing new stuff with every movie and everything. Like every... I feel like some a lot of people have mixed feelings about this newest movie, French mm-hmm. Dispatch. I feel like almost every single choice that he made in the movie in terms of like, um, I don't know, camera shots, uh, black and white, color, camera movements, everything felt to me like incredible. Oh my God, this is so beautiful. (laughs) I was just like one after another. I was having an incredible time. I thought it was like a a beautiful movie to look at. So entertaining from beginning to end and very creative in a lot of the stuff it's doing with like you know there's animation and there's like narration and things like that cameos um visual gags and stuff like that so um that was great and you liked it too i think right yeah i would want to re i said it the minute it ended that i think that i should watch it again Um, it's a very dense movie and it's a lot it's happening and it's also very fast paced it's like everything goes by really pretty fast so um I think it does benefit from from watching it more times. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy it. Yeah, because I don't I don't think I could have said it was my favorite just because I think I didn't absorb enough of the movie as I was watching it. Yeah. Although I do know that my favorite section is the the artist section. With Benicio del Toro yeah, as yeah, the yeah. artist. Yeah. But anyway, let's stop talking about this because it's not actually on the list. Okay. My number five. Talk about someone that you relate to. Uh oh. It's the latest movie from. Matt Farley. Oh, okay. <laughs> the great Matt Farley uh, and his uh, and the direct. He's the producer, writer, co-writer, and actor in the movie. Uh, and the director is Charlie Roxburgh, and together they make movies. And the latest one is called "Heard She Got Married," and people will not know who Matt Farley is. So I'm going to tell you, Matt Farley is a guy. Well, if you're listening to this, you might because you've talked about because I've talked about him. Many pod- and that's true. I've talked about him on like most podcasts that I have um, been on. But anyway, um, he's a guy from New Hampshire who has found a way 
to make a living writing novelty songs and putting them on Spotify and Amazon. <laughs> and he just gets residuals from these silly songs that people search. And then he ends up making enough money to make a living because he's written more than 20,000 songs at this point. So he is like an extremely prolific songwriter. And also, he's a filmmaker because he makes movies with his friends and family in New Hampshire completely independently with almost no budget and um, with a cast of colorful folks um, <coughs> who bring like their own thing to the movies. It's like a very kind of like unique vibe that I love. I think they're so funny, they're so uh, entertaining, and they're so charming because it just feels like Really, it feels like something that we don't see very much. Um, and, and what I always say when I want to get like highfalutin about Matt Farley <laughs> and, his, and his work, and, and I should say all the other people, Charlie Roxburgh and the other collaborators as well. But, you know, when there was like digital came, digital mm -hmm. cameras and then YouTube and things like that, people were talking about cinema being democratized, more people making mm -hmm. movies, mm -hmm. and it hasn't really happened. Instead we have these big companies who have swallowed up all of the attention mm -hmm. on... I mean, some of it in YouTube happened for a while, but right. now it's become less and less. You know, a lot of brands are on YouTube, like big brands. And well, yeah, the minute Netflix. YouTube got big, it also... Yeah, now it's become corporatized and everything has. So it's really great to see these people out in New Hampshire just, like, getting together with their community, making some fun movies, putting them online. Now, this newest one, Hurt You Got Married, mm -hmm. is interesting to me because it's a shift in their style. It's, it's, a, a, tonal, it's a tonal shift for it's sure. It's a tonal shift into uh, something much darker. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Farley plays a, a musician who comes back to his hometown and, ha and he's kind of middle-aged now and he realizes he reconnects or doesn't with the old people who used to be his band members but have gone on to leave... Uh, to live normal lives and he's still kind of trying to make music um, and so there's that disconnect there's a lot of things in the past um, and also there's a mysterious mailman who <laughs> it seems like a very strange person he played by Chris Peterson in a great great performance um, that it just seems a little fishy so he so the Matt Farley character starts to investigate what is up with him I thought it was a great movie I had a great time it's beautiful black and white. It's more artistic than mm -hmm. their previous movies. Like, they, like you know, feels like they're trying to do something new. Maybe not the best place to start if you've never seen one of their movies. I would recommend... I would say watch a movie called Local Legends first because that will introduce you to who Matt Farley is as a person and then you can go from there to my personal favorite Don't Let the River Beast Get You or... You know, there's plenty of others, Freaky Farley, uh, Slingshot Cops, etc., etc. Um, but if you're down for something very offbeat and uh, funny in its own way, um, I love their movies and I was really impressed with Her She Got Married. They have a new movie coming out already. I already pre-ordered the really? Blu-ray called... Blu-ray! Because <laughs> it's coming out on Blu-ray um, called Metal Detector Maniac. So you can oh. also, if you're listening, you can order Blu-rays for that, mm -hmm. for Local Legends, and for Don't Let the River Beast Get You from GoldNinjaVideo.com, run by the great Justin DeClue, who's been on Foreign Invader before. So um, a little plug for him if you're listening. I recommend it. I can't imagine... Well, I can imagine some people not liking this movie, <laughs> but I think if you like... Uh, 
if this sounds like at all like something that you'd be interested in, I think you will like it. I think you'll have a good time, get together with your friends and watch these ridiculous fun movies. Yeah. Uh, what are you? I've talked for a long time. Do you have anything to say about this? No, no, no. It, it was great. I think, to be honest, I think I actually like swooped in while you were watching it. I don't think I caught the very beginning of the movie. I think I. Um, oh really? Um, so. I think I have maybe a little bit more of a disjointed memory of it, but I do remember liking it a lot. Is this, this is this in, in this one where they're like constantly referring to like the title of his of like an article or whatever that they keep on referring to or something? What are? No, am I misremembering from a different? Article? Maybe it might be from River Peace. I don't know what. I can't remember. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, but. But there's a lot of funny dialogue in yeah, the movies because just... a lot of the people in them are just their friends and family who are not trained actors. Mm -hmm. But Farley and Charlie Broxburg, they really get a kick out of making their friends say these incredibly hard, convoluted <laughs> lines that nobody can deliver yeah. naturally. So they just like lean into the fact that they're not trained actors into making things that sound very ridiculous and very funny and, yeah. and fun. Well, I think... And the fact that I think once you start watching them and then you get to this movie and you just like, it is like watching like a Sandler movie, you know what I mean? In which like the same yes. people come back and you're like, oh, I'm so excited to see. And in this movie, that plays a huge role, I thought as well, because you yeah. see this company of players. This is their first movie in like six years. So we have watched all their older movies or a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And now we watch this and everyone is older. And when you see Matt Farley and he has like, you know, gray hair and like he's looking older and then and then as the old other people from the other movies start popping up and you're like, oh, my God, this guy and this, you know, it's yeah. like returning to your hometown. Like mm -hmm. Matt Farley is the character himself. So, um, yeah, that also uh, made it very, a very emotional movie for me as well. Yeah. No, about it's a lot of fun. getting older and and trying to make art as you're old and yeah that's that's what you it. can relate to yeah <laughs> and so yeah i relate much more to that because matt farley and like um lemon miranda is not um uh, a billionaire you know sure like I agree. and yeah. also like me yeah. sadly also not a billionaire no oh sorry just to sorry not to backtrack backtrack Mm -hmm. But because it kind of relates, that was something for me, not the billionaire part, but there are a lot of, if you haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, there's an, ex if you are a theater person, it's an abundance of theater actors who are in the movie. Uh, and yeah, well, and there's a scene specifically, particular scene, that's full of theater yeah. actors. But yeah. even everybody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even all the smaller little characters along the way. Yeah. They're all theater actors. And there's a lot of jokes and like inside things about yes, theater. about you theater. Know, so, Steven Sondheim's a character in it yes and, you know. um so right so if you are a theater person i think there it, there is a level of relatability more so in like being able to see all these people who you haven't been able to see perform on stage for quite a while sure. obviously because of the pandemic to see them kind of like yeah. in film. but if you love that world right and like, if it's you love just that like world. i would yeah. love to, i w like watching movies about like old Hollywood or whatever right. because I kind of love that world even though I'm not from that world. Exactly. So, um, so. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, you'll enjoy Okay, it. so that's number five for uh, for me. Now we'll go back to you. What is number four? All right. So, well, oh, God, I'm spiking. Also, I, what I had looked up was that you can, if you are a title member like us, you can also get Matt Farley on title. Not oh, just yeah, you definitely. <laughs> but I have it downloaded to my phone, all of it, from title. I have my playlist and stuff. My playlist. Okay, so, ooh, ah, 
Okay, no, I think that, yes, number four. Mm-hmm. We this is a movie that is both on our both of our this is a movie that is both on our both of our list. I have been doing this lately. I don't know what is happening to my brain. Someone send help. Okay, Memoria. Oh, Memoria. Okay, maybe let's wait until later to talk about Memoria. But when it's, it's on when four. I when when it when it comes because it's gonna be on my list later on. Okay, so what's your number four then, dum dum? Talking weird about it. <laughs> or just or do you want to talk about it now? No, it's fine. We'll talk about it when we get to where it is on your dumbass list. Okay, now I feel like we should talk about it now. No, it's so upset it. about it. No, please. What is your number four? My number four is because your number four is not on my list. I don't think. Uh, I think Mori might be the only one that's in both of our lists. Really. I think so. My number four is The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's not on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Matrix Resurrections, um, directed by Lana Wachowski. Lana! Great movie. Um, I'm not sure what to say about it. Um, It is Keanu Reeves comes back as Neo. He is now the very meta textual Mm -hmm. movie. Yes, extraordinarily. Um, He is now a game video game designer who is famous for having created a trilogy of video games called The Matrix. What? And, uh, <laughs> but of course, uh, he realizes once again that he is living within The Matrix, a computer program, and he has to be freed in order to save humanity. Um, there's also uh, our friend Trinity is there, mm-hmm. and it becomes also part of the big important part of the story not only to get Neo out of the Matrix, but to get Trinity also out of the Matrix and to reunite um, them. how things have changed in the Matrix. A movie that I love mm-hmm. that has been maligned all over the internet <laughs> and the world. This, so this, many, this, this movie, this yeah. one, so okay. many people talking about how bad it is, that yes. they're dissatisfied with it, that it's a bad movie, not liking it, etc., 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 to those people, I say, you're all a bunch of dum-dums. This is a great movie. You know movie. what? I just want to say, listen, you can have that opinion, but anytime <laughs> I have had that opinion, you've been like, you can't say that people are idiots for not liking that movie. <laughs> and now here you fucking go. So I just want to say, on the record, if we call you a dum-dum for not liking the shit that we like, you are, in fact, a dum-dum, and it holds up in court, <laughs> okay? You liked okay. it fine, but you didn't like it as much as me, right? I did like but it But you're fine. not a dum-dum. No. <laughs> no, well, sometimes I'm a dum-dum, but I think... But not in this regard. Not in this context, I am not a dum-dum. Um, I, I did like it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I think that I just, unfortunately, didn't have... Um, which was an impossible ask. So in this regard, I am probably a dum-dum. I just didn't have the same, like, <gasps> like, oh, my God. I don't I don't know what that mm-hmm. sigh was. <laughs> I don't know. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I understand that sigh. Um, but, like, this rush of, like, clarity that came after watching the original Matrix. Uh, um, yeah, well, right. Right, which is a very big ask. It's interesting because the movie is a little bit about how impossible it is to recapture exactly. that feeling. It is, very much. It's also, 
I mean, I know why people, some people don't like it. It's a very confrontational movie that it's telling you. Well, which I love. That's the part of the movie. But what I love about it is that Lana Wachowski clearly has a connection to the movie and what she wants to do with it and a very personal connection to the story of Neo and Trinity and their love story. And she also feels kind of like frustrated that she and her sister Lily have been doing movies for a while after doing the Matrix trilogy that have all bombed and have been not successful and now she has to go back and do another Matrix movie because Warner (laughs) Brothers Brothers. (laughs) keeps asking her are you gonna do it we're gonna do it without you and she's I think finally had enough of an idea that she was okay I will do it and she comes in and what I love about this is that she makes a very personal movie Mm -hmm. the action sequences are the weakest part she's not Mm -hmm. as interested in that she's interested in other stuff in a bunch of ideas in in twisting a lot of things around and you know, making fun of Warner Brothers and mm-hmm. making fun and criticizing writers' rooms, writers' rooms, and and marketing mm-hmm. and the way that we see movies as product and the way that franchises work and the and the remakes and the sequels and all of this stuff. Yes. So I think in that way, it a lot of people were like, "Oh, it made me feel like bad for like made me think I'm dumb for wanting a Matrix movie." And I think, um, whatever, think whatever you want, but. What I love about this, which is what I love about the other Matrix movies, is that it feels very personal to the person who made it. Yes. And that, I think, is great because it's a great... um, I mean, I agree with a lot of the things that she's saying and um, the things that she's talking about. And she's bringing a lot of um, interesting points um, about everything. It's not a subtle movie, but I don't need it to be subtle. It's the Matrix. It, It just... I'm happy... With hearing about all these crazy ideas and this dense mythology, and to have cool people doing cool stuff, to have Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss doing cool shit, Mm -hmm. I also feel felt uh, personally attacked by (laughs) Neil Patrick Harris's socks in the movie. Socks. Because his socks look like the socks that I wear, and he's the villain. (laughs) You're supposed to be like he's like the analyst who's like the villain, and he's like the bad guy, and he's like you know supposed to be like this like. Kind of like um, understandable, but a little bit hip kind of guy. <laughs> but like you know, and the movie's making fun of him and his socks, his oh, colorful socks. His colorful socks. Um, well, yeah, as a, as a, uh, as the son of an analyst, I think maybe there's something there. <laughs> um. I'm trying to find. Okay, so the reason why I'm also because I had said something to someone. About Matrix? Yes. Someone who hated it uh, and yeah. while it had happened and... What did you say? Um, oh, it was kind of about the story. Okay, I'm just going to say it out loud and then, I'm sorry, if you have to edit it, you have to edit this episode. <laughs> what do you mean? Like if it doesn't make sense? Yeah, something? yeah, yeah, of what I'm about to say. Just say it. Okay. And if, if people listen to this, if you can make get anything out of it good if not let's just move on well yeah whatever i'm just gonna repeat it because i remembered thinking it was cool or not cool but like thoughtful and anyway okay the journey of the story being a step so we were talking about the story itself because this person did not feel like they're like what the hell blah 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 and i was saying the journey of this story goes a step further than beyond the original matrix of just seeing the truth and looking for what's really behind the curtain um and Okay, so I'll just now just read it from verbatim. Mm-hmm. Looking what's really behind the curtain to 
What? Actually, okay, sorry. I won't read it because I don't understand grammar, apparently. Um, Just read it. Okay, to really what's back here. This is behind the curtain. Um, we tried our best, but we don't know how to fix it, and it seems like it's getting worse. And the powers that be um, have, in a way, um, want me to become a battery for this machine to become the next, quote-unquote, Wizard of Oz, so to speak. So I felt compelled by that, that it was like... Right, this doesn't actually make sense. I, I should have read it before I said this out loud. <laughs> but like, the idea that the movie isn't about real, like, isn't, is, is the step further. Like, you, you pulled the curtain back and you found out that there was a Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And then you get back there and you're like, all right, well, let's, like, try to fix all of this because, you know, it sucks that we're all in this machine thing. And then all of a sudden, as you're fixing it, you realize, holy shit, like, it's so much bigger and so much vaster. And to try and fix everything that's wrong feels like an impossible draining task and that um yeah that even in the attempt to fix the thing you've now become this sort of like battery power for the thing mm -hmm. um and so yeah that like that's what the movie i think was revealing and exciting i to think me about. yeah i think the original matrix is such a clear cut uh, elemental movie about the kind of the idea of waking up from mm -hmm. the reality and being set free and whatever. Yes. That it's very easy to read a lot of different things into it, but also to connect with it, which is what made it such a good big hit, right? Right. Um, but every Matrix movie since has wanted to complicate all of that and make it less easy and less um, simple and less clear. And I think, like, this movie, what I love about it even more than... I, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about it, but one of the many things I love about it is that it feel, doesn't feel like just an addition, an extra Matrix movie that didn't, didn't need to be made. It feels, mm -hmm. not, after seeing it, it feels to me, like, essential to the... Like, you know, it doesn't feel like... It almost trilogy, feels like a... Sorry. What? Say what you're going to say. I, I was going to say that it doesn't feel to me now that the trilogy, the first three movies stand on their own without this one. Like, this one to me now feels like, okay, this is actually completing more stuff of what they wanted to say with all that stuff than I initially thought. Like, you yeah. know, it feels like an important part of the story, not just like some making some more money or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can feel that. Okay, do you want to hear the the dumbest thing I heard about The Matrix? Because there's been a lot of people on Twitter, like, posting stuff and making fun of the movie or, like, dumb comments. Give it to me. The, some idiot was saying <laughs> that um, there's a new character called Bugs. Uh-huh, which um, we love. Who's a great character, and it's kind of like a younger... So beautiful. Sure. She's like, kind of like a younger, uh, you know, person in The Matrix who kind of goes looking for Neo and... Um, and she says that her name is Bugs, like the bunny. And then the person on Twitter was saying, like, oh, do you, this is so dumb. It's because the Matrix is owned by Warner Brothers, who owns Bugs Bunny, that they do this stupid joke. It doesn't make any sense. It's so dumb. Mm -hmm. Number one, the movie is all about making, right. being against Warner Brothers. So, right. like, why would you think that, although that is entirely clear when that happens, but still, mm -hmm. like, um, but nothing in the rest of the movie makes it that. Why would they put promotion for Warner Brothers in the movie like that? Number two, uh, Lana Wachowski is, you know, along with Lily Wachowski, the 
most probably most successful commercially successful and famous trans filmmaker in the world right Bugs Bunny is like an paradigm essential part of like trans culture like it's one of the most famous uh, trans characters in history is like you know like there's like a whole like so like this person completely idiotic not picking up on anything and I think um, yeah it makes me a little sad a lot of people I think have gone into the movie just being like wanting to um, make fun of it or thinking that it was going to be bad or mm. not accepting the things about it that um, that are different and that are actually good and not bad. Um, and I will get into more of it. I guess that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, yeah, but obviously you loved it. It's my number four. Yeah. Um, your number four was what? Memoria. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your number three. <laughs> Should we take a break or not yet? Yeah, sure, if you want to. Hey, let's do number three, and then we'll take we'll a break. We'll take a break after number three. Okay. Okay, what's number three for you? Numero trace para me. Okay. Is... We are taking the break. Okay, no, 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 we're not taking the break. Ooh, this is really hard, actually. Okay. Okay. I actually... Okay. This is hard. Wait, say your number three, because I'm having a hard time with my number two, my number three are... are, are. But I already talked about my number five and number four in a row. We're clearly not doing this in the way... Okay, listen, plain. Um... We're clearly not doing this, you know, like, actually along the whatever outline that we had set up for us. No, yes, it's going to you and going to me. We just skipped one because it was going to be on my list as well. All right. I'm going to go with... Come on, come on. Number three is come on, come on. Yeah. Okay, what is come on, come on? Okay, come on, come on is... The I can't actually remember who directs it, but it's a new Joaquin Phoenix movie, um, in which he is the uncle to this nephew, <laughs> um, and so pretty much his sister um, and the father of his nephew. Um, sorry, okay, I'm really bad at giving. I hate when you ask me to give like. <laughs> uh, what do you think this is gonna be? I don't know. I didn't think you were going to be like, describe what the fucking movie is. Then what um, were you going to say? I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, Joaquin's uh, sister is married, or uh, the her partner, whatever, who is the father of his nephew, is bipolar, and he's, like, kind of going through, like, a manic episode, and he's, like, in another state, and she has to go deal with that. And in order to do, do that, um, she needs to leave her son, and she asks her brother to kind of take care and watch for him. And he's a, and the nephew is like a very, I don't actually know what precocious means, but I'm going to use it in this term. I feel like people say that about kids who like have personality. So he's like a precocious kid. Um, but, or he's just an, he's just like a very, he's a regular kid. He's I a, think that's what makes the movie good. In I my guess. opinion, he's not a precocious, like we've seen precocious kids in movies. They're annoying. And this kid is, I, feels very natural and real. Well, right. He is a, he is a kid, but he, but he is, he's a, he is weird. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he's off the beaten path from the people in the school. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, he's not... A lot of kids are like that. Sure, yes. I'm just saying that, like, I wouldn't be like he's super, super average. He's, like, into really weird... Be- or not weird, but, like, he's got some behavioral things that he, like, talks about, like, being his mom's orphan. 
Um, and you find out it's because he found out that she had an abortion. You know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. things that, that, like, personality and thing traits that, um, of the child that feel, um, mm-hmm. that feel interesting. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say I've seen a, a child like that portrayed in a movie before, is what I would say. But, but it does feel very real to what children are like. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and... So the, there's that half of the movie and the other half of the movie or other part of the movie is that um, Joaquin's uh, character is a sound operator that's working on this, pro- like a documentary project, talking to kids about how they feel about the future mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, in whatever large macro or micro waves, micro or micro, I said that right, um, ways in which that can work. And so it's like half this slash not faux documentary and also this the other half of the movie is this relationship between Joaquin and his nephew um so yeah so that's what the movie yeah. is like plot wise um the director is called Mike Mills thank you Mike Mills um I think the um the movie I think that is a d- good description of the movie but also maybe uh, could be a little misleading. I don't know. I feel like that is Let's accurate look- what the movie is. Right. It You hear that, or I can hear that and think, oh, this movie's going to be like a little quirky and like a little kind of like sentimental in a kind of like a cheap way, you know, like uncle and little kid, like no. hanging out. It's sentimental, but other. it's sentimental in the way that like... But I think that's the strength of the movie is that, and, and the director... Mm-hmm. Keep going. What? I think they they do something that I think in most hands would be a little too twee, a little too cute, and make it feel like actually um, human and and real life and kind of you know. I th- I think it has like a a indie quality to it, like in the way of obviously not the amount of money that was put behind the movie. I don't think I don't. No, think. just like indie and kind of like this, like branded in the branded indie I mean, way. The, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix works for NPR in the right. movie, and basically, you know, right, like exactly. Me, and it has a lot of like, yeah, he is a extremely like kind of Brooklyn hipstery type of director in right. a lot of ways, mm-hmm. sensibility wise, artsy fartsy, but also <laughs> yeah. Like it's in black and white, but kids. it works. But it, yeah. but he makes it work. Like yes. something about his approach makes it feel very uh, genuine and real, and not like mannered. You and know? yeah, and I think what the movie does, what's most important, or what, what grabs me the most about the movie, why it's my number three, quite possibly number two, but you know, I'm just mm-hmm. I have a hard time rating. The movies should not be rated against each other. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm joking. Rate everything against each other. Put them in a list. Um, what was I going with this? That, oh, that it, um, right. I think, I think a lot of the movie would spend a a lot of time trying to create this distance between the uncle and the nephew, right? So much time worrying about Joaquin being like this older, you know, father figure-esque person who believes he's got it together versus this little kid who's, like, gonna reveal something about his life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you can see that kind of, like, Disney-fied version, or you can imagine a Disney-fied version of that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think from the very get, it is, um, it's coming from this place of, like, Joaquin doesn't know what he's doing in his, you know what I mean? Even though he's, like, working on this beautiful project 
and you would assume that he like might be good with kids because he's been spending all this time like interviewing kids and talking about kids and you can see when he's interviewing these kids that they like feel kind of comfortable and they're like opening up to him so you have this Mm -hmm. idea that maybe this will kind of be like a natural relationship that forms that actually while he's watching his nephew that um that they're both kind of stuck and that like the the hard part about communication with someone doesn't necessarily have to do with age or you know what I mean it that just being two separate beings who are both trying to navigate being in this world is difficult no matter if you're whatever the kid is in the movie like eight or if you're you know like Mm. 39 like it doesn't you know what I mean that is universal no matter where you are and it's just about you know kind of based on that like what our needs are and how we can be thoughtful about um communicating and loving each other especially in like a family sense like how do you Mm. how do you express anger how do you express frustration how do you express hurt um while also taking care of the person that you're trying to express that to and and vice versa how are you there and being open to allowing people to have space to be hurt to feel pain while Mm -hmm. also you know yeah not taking it on yourself you know in a way that's harmful i think he's a very good director and i really like this movie a lot i just maybe uh either you know maybe i knew because i knew that it was probably going to be on your list i didn't put it in my top five maybe i didn't like it quite as much as the movies that i mentioned put on my list but i did like it a lot I think he's a really good director because of what you're saying. He's very good at uh, at talking about vulnerability and mm-hmm. about certain things that you know um, you don't see in movies being dealt in movies a lot. And it kind of like you know honest and com and com- complicated ways of like just not yeah instead of like making everything simple and fit into a narrative. Wait, you know, there's the conflict in this movie mm-hmm. is not really. It's not like a traditional story structure. There's not like one big conflict that no. needs to be solved. It's just kind of like, you know. It's not slice of life, but like. But a little. But, but it's it. Yeah. I mean, there is a pro. There is this this thing, right? The the mom has to go away. Who's gonna watch the kid? Maybe the uncle can do it. That's right. like the premise of the movie. But then after that, it's just kind of like hanging out with these people, seeing what their lives is like, getting to know them, seeing how difficult, uh, how they interact and how it can be messy and how it can be difficult and how it can be great and it mm-hmm. can be fun and whatever. Um, he made another great movie that we love, 20th Century Women, yes. which I think also does a lot of those stuff. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people didn't see it when it came out. Came out so um, I would recommend also that if you um, like, come on, come on. And... The kid is great. The kid His is name fantastic. Is Woody Norman as a performance is great. As a character is also great. Yeah. Like there's, you know, for example, another movie that came out this year that I thought of when we watched it is uh, this movie Belfast that oh, Kenneth Branagh is doing, which is with the kid in that movie. Um, not talking about the acting, but the, the, the character of the kid, like a complete non-character, like mm-hmm. completely like a movie kid who has no personality, He's just a standing to be, like, say cute things and, like, mm-hmm. you know, be an innocent kid who, like, witnesses the fight between the Protestants and Catholics in Ireland. And it's like, Mama, why are we fighting? What is the difference? You know, like, a mm-hmm. completely, like, absolute bullshit movie shit. 
But <laughs> bullshit movie shit, yeah. But this kid feels like a real kid. Yeah. It's like he acts in ways that kids do. He's complicated and he's frustrating. And, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, with this kid already, you know? Right. Um, but um, but I think that's what makes the movie good. Yeah, it's really good. And I always forget her name from Transparent, isn't it? And she she plays the sister and she's the mom, fantastic. Yeah. Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's also really good. She's fantastic. And Joaquin is great too, in a kind of unusual yeah. kind of role for him. Very yeah. relaxed and not jokerified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's the Joaquin that I fall in love with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. I think it was. I was brilliant. Clearly, a marker for a movie that I love is if it makes me cry, and that movie. You cried a lot. Uh, yeah, not thirty minutes to the end. It like ten minutes in, I started crying. And I couldn't stop crying. Like, I I was intermittently sobbing throughout the entire movie. But it's not a sad movie. No, it it's, just touched me. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just feels very, like, humane. It's just, like, yeah. kind of, like, crying at something that's because it's, like, nice and beautiful. And right. just, like... And, and also, and also, but... And real. Right, like, it was more that it was real, because there are parts of it that are not nice that make you cry. And there are yeah. parts of it... Like, l the documentary part of it, where you're, like, listening to the answers of these kids, and they're talking about, like, what they believe the future is going to be for themselves and for the world, you're just like, oh my god, you know what I mean? And some of the answers that the kids give yeah. are, like, they shook me, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was just, I was sobbing truly the whole movie. That is maybe the one part of the movie that I am not sure about how I feel. I think that not because I don't agree with you that the answers are very interesting and the kids are and, and sometimes touching and that the kids are great and all of that. I don't know how I feel about that being part of the movie and the, and having the real kids being interviewed in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I have, I don't know what to make of that yet. Mm -hmm. I have to figure, I would think about that more often, but I haven't figured out how I feel about that element of it, of the idea of, getting this real-life kids and putting them in, in this movie made by this guy who's, like, you know, this director. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these kids are, like, kids of color and from, like, it's unprivileged true. backgrounds. And this is, like, it's some white guy putting them in the movie. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, feel, I definitely feel that. I think... I definitely think that that part of the movie is the most manipulative. I mean, the other part is manipulative emotionally, too. I mean, everything's manipulative in the movies, right? right? But, like, yeah. but the like, question is, like, is this a little too manipulative? Right. I don't know. Maybe. It works well. It, and I think it, where it's peppered into the film, like, it flows really nicely. I don't think it, it doesn't really feel super disjointed. It feels like it's doing it with a very... Uh, I think he's trying generous to, purpose, yes. right? I think he's being as thoughtful as he can be. The question is, is like the thought itself maybe how, how you know, right, right, generous it can you be within the circumstances? I don't know. I don't Those know. are like big questions about like ethics and whatever. Yeah, and I don't. Um, but it is a good movie. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Okay. Your number three. Number three, and then we will take a break. Yes. Okay. So I can eat my fucking fries, bitch. Number three. For me, is a movie called Days. I don't know if you've heard about this. Nope, I didn't watch it. I was supposed to watch everything on your list. I don't know how you could have wa watched it. I don't know where to find it. Because I went to see it at the movie theater. Uh, it's a Taiwanese movie. Mm -hmm. um, technically a 2020 movie, but it didn't come out until this year because of pandemic-related stuff. 
Um, Isn't everything now a pandemic-related thing? <laughs> well, I guess so. But uh, the movie, it's, a, it's two hours long. Uh-huh. It's from Taiwan. Yeah. Um, it is, doesn't have subtitles, even though it's in Taiwanese. Uh-huh. Because... There's barely any dialogue. Yes. <laughs> so you don't really need it because most of the movie is just silence. Mm -hmm. And it is about this man. It's about two men. One played by Lee Kang Sheng, who's been working. Oh, and I should say it's directed by uh, Taiwanese director Tsai Ming Liang, who's, been, who's a very known art director from Taiwan, um, especially in the 90s and in the, two, the early 2000s. He was uh, very celebrated. And this movie... Li Kang Cheng is the actor who's been working for him for a long time. He plays a man who is kind of, um, who's suffering from some sort of pain, like back pain. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other man played by a young gentleman whose name I cannot pronounce. Anong Haungguangsi? I don't know. It's a Thai name, Thai. He's a uh, Thai actor. Mm -hmm. He plays a younger man. And the movie begins with a shot of Li Qingxian looking out a window and it's raining and he's just looking out the window and the shot lasts for about five minutes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so it's a very, very slow movie of very, very slow shots of people just going, of these two characters going about their days. Um, and eventually they have an encounter with each other, a sexual encounter. Hot. And then they um, go about their lives and they're just, it's, so it's a very, I don't know, it's a very minimalist <laughs> movie, but it's really, really incredible, beautiful. Like I went to see it, I may or may not have been under the influence of something, <laughs> but I went there and I saw this first shot and I started kind of like, I was just looking at this guy looking at the window and I started breathing at the same time that he was breathing because everything he's doing is just looking out the window breathing and I kind of like synchronized my breathing to the breathing of the guy on the on the, How on the much screen. How the cookie did you eat? Not that much because it's just like the it brings no, you into kidding. that yeah. sense because yeah, it's yeah. just one long shot of this guy breathing, and then when five minutes was up and the shot changed into something else, it's the most shocked I have been in any movie ever. <laughs> it was like it was like my whole world changed because I had been living in that image for so long, mm. and that's kind of like the mood that this movie puts you in, and it ends up being an incredibly moving. Uh, story about two people who just are, are are looking for connection but they just can't find it and for a moment they have this connection with each other and then it that's just kind of is is, is gone you know mm. like you just move on with life and things keep going and then and Simon Liang's movies have always been kind of about loneliness and solitude in the big city kind mm. of things there's a movie of his which is one of the best movies I've ever seen called Goodbye Dragon Inn which if anyone has uh, access to that movie, I really recommend it. Um, uh, so, yeah. Do you think this is a movie that it can be taken as a commentary on Tinder culture? <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe. I don't know. It can be whatever you want it to be. I know what it is for sure is that it's great. Um, and, um, you know, you know person who is listening if you are the type of person who would want to watch a Taiwanese mm -hmm. movie that's two hours long with barely any dialogue in it where the average length of a shot is uh, about five minutes so um, it's up to you what I'll say or not maybe you don't know if you're that yeah, type of person yeah maybe you can have a little adventure take a little cookie 
Yeah, and have a, a good time watching this movie. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. A very great... That sexual encounter is like one of the um, uh, most... One of the best kind of... I guess it is a sex scene. Yeah, I'll call it a sex scene. They're one of the best sex scenes I've seen in movies. It's just like such a... Again, it's just one shot and the people are just kind of going at it. But it's just like so... It feels so... You know, I don't know, tactile. And like the connection means so much in the context mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's number three for me. Days. Um... It's possible we can eat some fries and then we're back. All right. Ta-da! Let me sing a kutti story. Pay attention, listen to me. No, no, English. Just listen, bro. Let me sing a kutti story. Pay attention, listen to me. If you want, take it or else, man, attention, leave it, baby. Life is very short, Nanba. Always be happy. Pallavi, the problems will come and go. Kunja jilpana maapi. All right, we're back. Mm-hmm. Number two for such the wage. <laughs> Full government name, baby. Actually, you're missing one. Can you guess what it is? Um, <laughs> my second favorite movie of the year that had that I've been going back and forth between this. Oh, come on, come on. Is Master. <laughs> master. What is Master? Oh, goodness. You're going to have me tell the tale? Well, okay. So you don't just don't want me to t- to, to ask you to talk about the I'm movies. Just <laughs> 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 I'm, so, I'm just really bad at I'm not a okay, good summary okay. maker. Master is an Indian movie. Yes. It's a Tamil movie, to be more precise. Thank you. And it stars our favorite Indian Vijay! actor... VJ, who we talked about in a previous episode of mm-hmm. this podcast when we talked about the movie... Oh, it was the other one that we watched. Um, the one about soccer. Right. Begil. And Master is directed by Lokesh Kanagarash. I want to say, sorry if I mispronounced that, which I'm pretty sure I probably did. Um, and it is... The, this is the summary, okay? Thank you. An alcoholic professor is sent to juvenile school... Where he clashes with a gangster who uses the children of the school for criminal activities. That is accurate. So, this is how I describe Master. <laughs> and see if you, if you agree. It is oh. as if... It's like Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. If Robin Williams was also John Wick. Yes, exactly. And he sang and danced like uh, Poochie from The Simpsons. Oh my God, Gamal, get your food! You're ruining my podcast. <laughs> See, there you go. Okay, so yes, so uh, it's there's nothing about this movie that I don't like. That's not true. There maybe there is, but I can't think of anything right now because it is just the opening sequence. The like. Okay, yeah, let me take back what I said about West Side Story. Best musical of the year is, is Master. Master. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, because 
the music and dance, obviously, because, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Although, there is not that many uh, musical sequences, you know? I mean, I do love that Indian movies uh, seem to have uh, musical sequences regardless of what genre they're in at right, right. the time. So, Master is, you know, kind of like an action movie, kind of like a inspirational uh, teacher story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also uh, has... I mean, you have Vijay, so you want to have him dancing. And, he's and fantastic. He's one of the most charismatic. Like, like I think Vijay should be doing all types of movies. Like, like Hollywood star, like star status is. He just commands so much attention, and like the the moment he's on the screen, whether he's dancing mm-hmm. or he's just talking, whatever he's doing. He pulled so much focus towards himself. Even when other characters are doing good work and they're also like mm-hmm. bouncing off him, he is just like. He's a great Fantastic to watch. Yeah. Fantastic to watch. And uh, our two favorite. Uh, my One of my favorite sequences is the one, the first song when they go get him when and he's they, Yeah, and, and they like. And they wake him up and, and they, they bring him they, to school in the sofa. I think right, exactly. Yeah, yeah they, they take his sofa out and they bring him downstairs and they do like a whole dance in the courtyard with him in the sofa and then. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's incredible. And of course, your favorite is Kuti's story. Oh my gosh, Which right. is the song he sings when he goes to the to the boys' school, to mm-hmm. the detention center. Right, and so he's kind of like, he's trying to like, you know, um, help these boys like clean up their act and not be like, you know, um, pawns for this, this criminal activity. It's kind of a ridiculous lesson that he's, he's like basically the, the it's kind of like saying Hakuna Matata. It is, kids. it is, it is absolutely Hakuna like, Matata. Hey, kids, why are you so strong up? You're like, oh, from the streets <laughs> and are in this, you know, juvenile detention center because you're so angry with the world. He's, yeah, Just life relax. is very, sh- life is very short, my friend. <laughs> Always, Always be, be happy. happy. <laughs> yeah. so. Right. No, it is not. I wouldn't be like, wow, the lessons of this movie are really what you come here for. But there is there is this kind of like um this sentiment of like of like try and really focus and hone in on who is because there's like there's problems like and fights happening um between the kids themselves, right? They're um and like people being like quote unquote snitching or like, you know, uh, yeah. playing favorites to the criminal people. And so there is this type of like listen, like look around you, like who are you like like who is your actual enemy? Like who are you actually against? You know what I mean? A lot of what you're doing feels like it's hurting one another when maybe you could be like mm-hmm. banding together to overcome this force that is oppressing you and that is like, you know Is this the movie with the Archer girl? There was there's one of the movies that we saw of one of the Indian movies mm-hmm. had like the archer girl that like there's some scene with some archery in it and then she comes back and when he has to take care like find the bad guys. Yeah, I don't think it's this one though. No? I don't think Master has the archery girl. I think it I thought Does it, it? Did. That was really cool. When she comes back and they're like right they're like driving a the car and she like pops out of the window and you're like, Yeah, there are two girls here. Maybe? I don't I know. I think it was. We should rewatch it. We, we should rewatch it. We haven't seen it in quite a bit. Because it came out pretty early in the Yeah. Year. And I've I have my YouTube is like most played video would be Kuti stories. <laughs> yeah, because you've seen those sections a lot, but you yeah. haven't seen the full movie. Um, um Yeah, but it's great. I I agree with you that it's a great movie. Um it's a lot of fun. And Vijay's great. The music's great. Yeah. I recommend it. Um, 
I just can't remember being like. It's one of those movies where you're watching it and you're like, oh my god! Like I was just so excited to be watching the movie, and like that doesn't always, mm-hmm. that doesn't always happen. I guess. All right. Speaking of that, my number two. Mm-hmm. Licorice Pizza. Right. The new movie uh, from uh, director Paul Thomas Anderson, in which is the story of a boy uh, named Gary, played by Cooper Hoffman. He is the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And uh, who, of course, was in a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. So now his kid is in the movie playing Gary Valentine, a kid who is uh, 15 years old, and he's kind of like a child star who is kind of aging out of being a child star. He's getting like a little old, and puberty is kind of like getting in the way. And he meets a girl played by Alana Haim. I would say from, she's a woman, but sure. Oh, sure, the wom- a woman. Played by Alana Haim from the band Haim, um, whose name in the movie is Alana, so it's a little um, either complicated or simple, depending on how you look at it. But he meets a, a woman named Alana who is uh, 20-something. Five. Well, yes. Well, that's what she says. Yeah, what do you mean ish? that's what I'm saying. Like it, she, she says, but the movie also implies that maybe she's lying about her age. Because at one point she says 24, one point she says 25, one point she says 28. So like we doesn't know, but she seems to be in her 20s. Yes. For sure. Um, and um, so she's older than him. And they... Um, oh, good. And they... Um, and it's kind of like a story about them hanging out in the 70s together. It's... He likes her romantically. She's kind of seems a little more ambivalent about it at the beginning. It I don't know. Okay, you say that. I don't know. I don't. But I don't. Uh, mm, a little too close to it. So okay. Um, I don't know if I would say she seems that ambivalent in the beginning. Well, she seems self-conscious about it. She likes the attention, but he's right. a he's a teenage boy. Sure, you know sure, 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 sure. Yes, she has. Yeah, and she's and she tells him like, yeah, I think she has. She feels self conscious about it. She has a lot of like. She sure, but it's very clear, at least to me, or maybe because I knew a lot about the movie before I watched it. But like, I don't know. It seems very clear in the beginning, from the beginning of the movie, that like, she doesn't do a lot, in my opinion, to like distance herself from him right like oh no she no. Li- she likes him and she likes hanging out with him and she likes the fact that he Adores is him. like a little so the idea the prem the idea of the movie i guess is that he is a teenager but he behaves like a little adult right he thinks of himself as a he's already had a whole career he's already on the way out of his first career he's only 15 he has all these business plans mm-hmm. he has his life together when they go out to dinner he's like asks her so what are your plans you know mm-hmm. so what are you right. planning to do right. he's like which is ridiculous he looks ridiculous because he's 15 talking like he's like a 40 year old but that kind of like put togetherness and that kind of um forward momentum that he has is attractive to her because she is someone who's t- completely stuck in life. She's right. stuck at her parents' house, stuck at a job that is shitty. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't have that many prospects. Right, she has that line where she's like, you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 16, and, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be, be here, here taking to... pictures. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I think there's like a thing of uh, a younger person who wants to project older, an older person who is stuck, who is stuck 
feeling younger than she actually is mm-hmm. um connecting with each other or yeah or or at some moments not connecting i it's a takes place in the 70s mm-hmm. and i think that's also part of it it's kind of like a movie i think also about how that was a different time in terms of uh it feels like in some ways freer but in other ways more oppressive you know towards mm-hmm. her right um, definitely towards like her. It, it also has a double standard there right? right like he is a kid who is able to getting to the club and order do almost whatever alcohol he wants, he wants yeah. get whatever do a bunch of businesses and right. like you know sell air uh, water mattresses or like and nobody treats this him like or that. a kid um or not that not a nobody little, treats a little bit but, but he just has the freedom to right. like run around do whatever idea he comes into his head and do, and i think she enjoys that as well when she's right. hanging out with him right. of being able to have this mobility and this freedom but she also is like you know Um, she gets slapped on the ass at her job and then she's seen by everyone as a woman and as a girl and everyone something that I noticed actually I didn't notice it something that I read uh, the other day of someone who was writing about the movie she was saying that everybody tells Alana who she is or how she is you know Mm -hmm. the the agent that they go see tells her that she's a fighter Mm -hmm. the actor that she meets played by sean penn tells her that she's such a fragile flower or Mm -hmm. whatever everybody's constantly telling her how she is or how she should be Mm -hmm. and by the end of the movie i think um it becomes a story for me about this kind of person who's kind of stuck and doesn't know who she is finding a way to feel a little more comfortable with who she is and and discovering who she actually is and um yeah i don't know maybe yeah I, does she discover who she is i mean she doesn't she doesn't i think she doesn't she becomes more comfortable with um um with just being herself no i don't know about all that um we did just watch it yesterday what was the okay so um what was she running from in that last moment again? I can't remember. What was she running from? She was running to go find Gary. Right, right. No, I know. Yes, but before oh, that, she's the going. Mayor, the the can, mayor. The right, candidate right. who's running yeah, for yeah, mayor. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that, I was making sure that was the exact, yeah. that was the sequence. Yes. Yeah. She goes to the dinner. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with the mayor happens. And then she's like, I'm going to run to Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that it's about her. Or at least the ending to me doesn't feel like her finding herself. It just feels like her choosing her choosing to be loved by this boy i mean and also depending on your take at the end if it's like a, i guess you could you know what i mean like is it a fantasy or not or whatever i don't know i don't know i, I don't know if it's a fantasy or, i mean it is kind of in some ways it's a fantasy in some ways it isn't i don't yeah. think that if you're gonna take the ending literally I don't think they're going to, like, be together at the end of the movie. No, but I think... Feel... Right. I think what's important in that moment is that they have... They are, like, recognizing their relationship, like, you know, the fact that they are in each other's lives and they mean something to each other. Right. And I think she's kind of getting... She's... Uh, by the end of the movie, I think she feels a little more comfortable with that. I think right. after experiencing the world of adults... Right. And seeing how fucked up everyone is, 
she feels a little self less self-conscious about the fact that she has been hanging out with this kid and right. his friends. Because they're all childish and dumb anyway yeah. is kind of what she's getting at, I guess. Maybe a little bit of that. Right. I mean, they are. All of the, the especially the adult men in her life, none of them... All the adult characters in the movie are... Almost all of them are, right. like, ridiculous. Right, exactly. None of them have their shit together. They're gross in some way. They're gross way, in many ways. ways. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think she's, like, she, yeah. But he's also, okay, so here's my thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Okay, keep, how about you keep telling uh-huh. about... There's not much more that's I what I was going to say. That's just, I mean, other than that, the movie, I, again, Paul Thomas Anderson's another guy who, like, Wes Anderson, I feel like he's just... Uh, he's just great he's just like mm-hmm. gotten to a point where he's like really a great filmmaker in his movies different from Wes Anderson have a kind of like a free flowing uh, sometimes messy sometimes kind of like it's more vibes yeah. than anything right and, I, and he has he did obviously Phantom Thread that we talked about last episode and the movie's full of like incredible but not very some of them showy some of them less showy like tracking shots, like yes. really long shots that like go through like the streets that and the cars. Truck moment. Oh, the truck. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> not a, a, no. a long shot, no, but it's, it's not an long incredible shot, but it's moment. An intense moment. And for it's me. just a movie about hanging out, and there's like like kind of vignettes, and they get in like yeah. little different little adventures. Well, the, and the thing about the way um, PTA does it, uh, I guess, almost like quite the opposite of West of French Dispatch where it feels like this is this section this that you know where everything's like uh-huh. cleanly broken up every not every time but a lot of PTA's work feels almost like he's gone on like tangential threads it's like it yeah. never feels like the story's going where you think it's gonna go it picks up the thread somewhere else mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden like Oh, right, we were here. How did we get to yeah. this scene? And then we go to this. You're like, where? But it, it, wor- it works. It's almost. It's more like, it's like halfway through the scene, you're right. You're like, oh, right, like, what the fuck? Like, two seconds ago, yeah. we were th- talking about waterbeds, and now we're, you know what I yeah. mean? Last night we watched it, and it was my second watch, watch time watching it. Yeah. And there was a scene in which I had that realization of like, oh, there's like so many things that I remember from this scene and I didn't realize they were all in the same scene. Like, there were so many things happening at once, mm-hmm. but in a very casual way that I did. And it was like, oh, yeah, this this scene has the thing about the Pepsi and the thing about the the guy that's spying and the thing about the mayor and the thing about this and that. This is all in the same scene. I did. I remember individual moments. Right. But if, I guess that's one of, like, his, like, free association kind of, like, yeah. ways of doing things, which is very uh, fun to watch, in my opinion. What yeah, is? it is. It it is. Uh, it is a pretty enjoyable movie to watch. Um, what else? You have a thoughts about it. You have the reservations. Yeah, I like. I just like it all. The thing is, my thing is that like it all kind of like makes sense. It tracks. The like their like their relationship the age difference is still in my opinion um, gross, uh, but it is I don't think that it's yeah I don't think that it's done like 
carelessly, like, it doesn't feel, like, mm. egregious or, like, super, like, yeah, like, overly, you know, yeah. grotesque well, or whatever. it wants to engage with that age difference. Right, it, it wants, wants to... right. And I think it's having, and I think it's, like, and I, I guess I had wanted to go into the movie, this, this is what I'll say, I wanted to go into the movie being, like, this age difference is, like, like, not stupid, but, like, uh, like, kind of, like, purposeless, you know what I mean? Like, kind of, I wanted to feel like it was done just to be done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel that way, but at the same time, it, I, um, I think I struggle with, uh, I struggle a little bit with Alana's character in the sense that I feel like we had talked about this when I hadn't seen the movie that um like oh let me create this person who would find themselves attracted to this young person and let like let's create a world in which that is true mm-hmm. and but there's still something about Alana's character and maybe it's because we spend um a fair amount of the movie not focused or not from her POV that a part of me still is kind of like, but what happened? Like, how is she here? You know what I mean? Like, I get who she is once the movie starts and we get going, right? Like, I get the kind of person she is, but I don't understand why she's there. And hmm. and I think that that's kind of frustrating okay. to me, maybe. And not that, like, I, you know, want, like, a shit ton of backstory or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the movie probably works better as a move as a watchable movie for not having all that backstory no i don't right I but, mean, but i think it's what irks me about okay. the character or not i don't know if it, it just um, yeah i you don't just know at the end of the day just don't fully buy like you feel like you wanted to know like why this woman would do this a little bit more i guess i just felt it just felt like it didn't I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have watched it and, like, were really, like, blown away by it and, like, kind of, I don't know, had a connection to it that I just, like... Yeah. Well, that happens sometimes. I couldn't fall into. When you hear a lot of people talk about something uh, and then you end up watching it yourself and you're like, oh, that's it, you know? Yeah, it just kind of felt a little flat to me. And, and 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 I can't quite place why. I can't... I can't figure out if it's because I knew that I was going to need to have an opinion about the movie while I was watching the movie or, or what, you know, or if it's truly because I came away with it feeling like, oh, okay. Like I laughed a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. although the racist things are racist and, um, why? Like uh, there's no reason that, that like, oddly that's the, that was the most like, egregious part of the movie and it just felt like unnecessary um i i I can see what it's trying to be done with those scenes but i don't think it works for sure i'd be like oh okay you're like making obviously it's making a commentary about about the the time kind of like the slap in the butt right right? exactly like how things were but even then even the slap of the butt i was like a little person who is like a real a person who existed in real life 
that guy. Uh-huh. So and who did that? The what happens in the movie? So, but but still, it just doesn't work. It no, just doesn't. It's, it's just, not. It cute. takes you out of the movie. It's like it's not doesn't really work the way that it was supposed to. I don't think. Yeah. There's other things in the movie that work better at illustrating that. Right. The, the, the difference. I mean, just yeah, the like all of the characters around her. I mean, this is obviously was. It's not necessarily directed towards Alana, but all of the men in the movie are so predatory towards her. Even yeah. Gary, um, sure. That um, I was like already kind of like ugh, okay, and so I just didn't the extra layer of like ugh, okay towards this character was. So what are you talking about? Towards the guy who's racist, I was like uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like I already sure, have sure. so much in this movie that's like yeah uncomfortable because of mm-hmm. we're talking about time period things that I was like this is mm-hmm. just unnecessary. Yeah, sure. But thankfully, we were in an almost empty theater, so we did not hear a whole bunch of people laughing. Sure. That's true. People did laugh at my first, the first time I watched it. Well, some of it could be, like, laughter of, like, uncomfortableness. You never know. Sure. But it, it feels weird when it, it comes and then people are laughing at that scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, so the Whatever, pizza. Sorry. That's yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, it's a, I think it's a great movie obviously it's my number two favorite of the year probably the movie from this year that i expect i will watch the most times in the future really feels like a it feels like a very rewatchable movie to me like when i'm like oh i don't know what to watch oh licorice pizza fun time oh god really you don't think so no I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again unless someone else. Unless I'm up. watching. <laughs> yeah, and even then, I might be like, "All right, I'm just gonna go read." I guess. I really? have no. I have no desire to see this movie ever again. All right. Sorry, PTA. Sometimes I love you. This was not one of them. So, what is your number one? Okay, drum roll, please. <laughs> That's on the bottle of seltzer. Um. Titan, baby. All right. And what I, do you want to say what Titan is? Or do you want me to say what Titan is? Since you don't want to give <laughs> synopsis. I should not have signed up for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead? Because I'm apparently terrible at giving summaries. I am. It's my no, worst quality. You're not terrible at it. Um, uh, but you don't. But you don't have to take it all on your own. You know, you can bounce back and forth if you want. Mm. I think you can go for it. How about you do it? Okay, so Titan. Um, if the people listening have heard at all about Titan, it's probably, I guess, one of two things. Either <laughs> number one, you scoff at it like the dog just did. <laughs> I hope they heard that because he's a little far from the mic. Um, either you heard number one that it won the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival last year and um it was the second movie <laughs> right, ever directed by a woman to to win that woo woo uh, a little late i guess you know it's I been mean, like that's, 20 years. yeah that's <laughs> it's the year 2021 um the first movie to do so uh the piano directed by jane campion who has another movie this year power of the dog that is not an artist yeah but it's a pretty good movie it's kind of like so you don't like it. You like it less than I do. But yeah. would you say it's a bad movie, though? I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I just don't think it moved. It didn't move me. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty good though. But if I agree, I think maybe it would be like a little bit on the. Well, it's a movie that people love. Yeah. A lot of people really love it, and maybe we don't fully understand uh, where the love is coming from. Yeah, I don't know. To, yeah, it just is. Whatever. Not this is that. Not that this needs. To yeah, okay. No, we don't need to get into it. Maybe someday we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Titan. The second thing you might know about Titan is the movie where a woman fucks a car. Oh, um, <laughs> so um, it is a. Dog, I'm so sorry. Dog, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> anyway. Titan <laughs> um, is a movie where... Um, it's kind of a crazy movie where a woman, like I was saying, fucks a car. Yes. And she is kind of like a... Well, she has this weird... The, it starts off, she has this weird accident in a car with oh. her dad. Um, and she ends up needing to get a titan- titan- titanium plate put in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it feels like that's kind of like the... She gets a fascinating, like a weird relationship to cars. Yeah, that's like the prologue to mm-hmm. this movie. You know what I mean? Is that moment. And then when she's grown up, she's like this weird kind of antisocial person right? who works as a kind of like a dancer slash stripper who dances with cars. Yeah, it's a car then... instead of a pole. And then she kind of like goes around killing people. Yes, she's um, she a doesn't seem killer. to be able to relate to people, so she kills them. Um, and eventually, um, <laughs> but she you ends know what, up, girl, you're right. <laughs> she ends up, and that's for the first half of the movie. We kind of follow her adventures, and then in the second, adventures, yeah. she ends up at uh, this place in like kind of like a rural town with a with a firefighter played by French actor Vincent Landon. Yeah. Because she pretends to be the missing, his, his missing, missing son. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get too, let's not get too much away because it's yeah. kind of fun to see where the movie goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we won't spoil anymore. Yeah, what did you like about it? It's a French movie, so it's like really... Even though, um, <laughs> so you're saying I despise the French. The French. Yeah. That's not true. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't hate all French people. I hate the country of France and I hate white Frenchness, and I hate the fact that they continuously have decided to not give Haiti all of the money they stole from them. So that is my gripe with France. Um, uh-huh. But that is not shown in this movie, so I Well, there's it. white French people <laughs> There in is movie. white French people in this movie. I don't know if the movie revolves around white Frenchness, though. I, I don't know. know. You tell me. What do you like? And we okay. should say we didn't mention the name of the director is Julia Ducournau. Which the jacket at the film festival. Oh yeah, enough. we saw this at the and film festival. She was wearing a great jacket. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. So what do you like about? It? Um, I think I like almost everything about the movie. Uh, I don't think that there's. I don't think that there's anything I hate about the movie other than the fact that there's. Well, there are a few people of color in it, but not a lot. They're, and they don't mm. play main main characters. Main characters. Um, but I love the... The movie is just a vibe. It's a whole... Um, it's been a saying roller- that a lot this episode. <laughs> Have I been saying that a lot this episode? Well, it's a, it's a roller coaster of both, like, visceral... Of, yeah. There's a lot of things in the movie that are kind of... Um, this body gory, horror. Body, body horror that, like, really kind of, like, are just jarring and, and affecting. But I think, at least for me, it, it feels... Like, that's, like, it's, it's it seems purposeful, right? I don't think it's only mm. because she's, she's trying to, like, 
Mm-hmm. Be like, how much can I put you through? Although it does feel like a test for the yeah, first. If for you the can first half. survive the first like 25, 30 minutes of the movie, <laughs> you can get through the rest of it. Um, so maybe it is a test. It's it, it and I um, and you passed and I passed, <laughs> and so I feel really validated that I passed. Um, and but, then yeah, but yeah, and I think it just um, it has this. Um, It's, as we found out at the end, it's it's based on a dream, and it feels kind of like that. It has this kind of, I wouldn't say nonsensical, but it is really, it's eerie, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like the, the idea of something, and how do you kind of like, it feels like she's working through, um... Yeah, that she's like working through an idea or a, or or something that's like really hard for her or like. What do you think are the ideas? There's a lot of I guess. There's a lot of ideas about I think, but womanhood and about, gender stuff. About womanhood, about gender. I mean, there's the you can definitely place some type of um, interesting kind of um, like. Quand- query quandary about like this mix between what does it mean to be both machine and human and human and right what, just like the core idea of like what does it mean to be a human in general like mm-hmm. how are we so different what differentiates humanity versus you would say machine here but I would argue that it could be explored to anything else like what mm-hmm. makes something human versus non-human and like a movie that is so much about kind of the human body and yeah. machine and kind of, and, uh, you know, this woman uh, changing and performing different, you know, performing masculinity, performing other gen- genders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that I think about it. I haven't heard a lot of like trans readings of the movie or a lot of trans critics talk about the movie, which is something that I would have expected when we saw it. Um, so I, I'm not sure what that's about. Um, it's, it's been a pretty, I guess, uh, um, divisive movie. A lot of people yeah. love it. A lot of people don't really like don't it like at it, all. Yeah. Um, I liked it kind of in the middle, not mm-hmm. as much as you. I, I feel like the first half that you're talking, the test is really, really visceral, yes. which makes it very engaging. It's very like, I felt a lot. It was a very memorable screening mm-hmm. for that part. And then the second half of the movie maybe to me transformed into something that felt not quite as exciting, not quite as uh, daring in, in some of the things that it was doing. Um, even though my favorite part of the movie is in the second half, which is the performance by, by the actor, by Vince Vincent mm-hmm. London. I think that he gives a really great performance, very interesting, very kind of like weird mix of masculinity and and... Yeah. and tenderness but also like trapped in such hard violence kind of like yeah it's a toughness yeah it's a weird it's a weird to be honest i think i'm very surprised that i liked it as much as i did yeah. <laughs> um because there's a lot in it that i think like on paper if someone like probably just described the movie to me i would be like i don't think i like this movie. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um yeah, performances all around, I think, are, like, are yeah. just Well, incredible. the two main performances. The two main performances, right. Because there's, like, some... Most performances are 
Most are not, not in it for very long. Exactly. Who are not, the other, yeah, the, the main two. two. But, um, and when we heard about, obviously, the kind of, like, the way in which they were prepped for the roles, like, it all made sense as to why the performances were the way they were. But, like, um, yeah, there was just something that, I think what I had said to you is that it, it was a movie that made me, like, wonder. Like, I came out of the movie thinking and having questions you know what i mean i was questioning mm. things and i i wasn't simply left with someone's idea of what something was you know what i mean like you were like trying to decipher type I, up and for interpretation right exactly and it felt like i could have it felt like i could have an opinion about this movie and no one could tell me that i would be wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. because it would be like how could you possibly think that you are right. You know what I yeah, mean? Or that there's so much to interpret. Exactly. That's a great transition into my number one movie, I okay. think. <laughs> but, oh, yes, Which is another movie that you can interpret in many different ways and it's very opaque in, in a lot of others. <laughs> um, which is the movie that was Sasha's number four, which I was surprised that it was on her list because I didn't expect it. Um, it's Memoria, mm-hmm. directed by Thai director um, Apichipong Wurasetaku. Uh, also known as Joe <laughs> and starring uh, so Thai director filmed in Colombia mm-hmm. starring Tilda Swinton fantastic Scottish actress always um, dumb and the story of the Which movie Scottish? yeah she's Scottish that's what that accent is that's what that is well she's, her accent's pretty soft well yeah yeah I just thought she was a Brit well she is I mean Brit, but, but you know Scottish. what I mean <laughs> Um, anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? All right, so the story begins. Uh, Tilda Swinton sleeping, and then uh, she hears a weird noise. It's kind of like an explosion or like a boom. Bo- yeah, like like a thud <laughs> or like a big... She describes it at one point in the movie as a big ball of concrete hitting water. Yeah. Like water, the ocean water in a metal plate, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it is this loud noise that wakes her up. And then she just kind of spends the rest of the movie trying to figure out what that sound is. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a movie by Pichipong where it's said the cool. So it's like this very dreamy, long takes. You know, talk, I talked about one movie with long takes days. And this is very much in that style of like mm-hmm. long takes of things kind of happening and... Um, you know, moving slowly, but unlike Days, I would say that the movie is less minimalistic than that. I feel like there's a lot happening, even yes. though there's not a lot happening. Like, there's, like, you know, there's... There's a lot like of movement? There's a lot of movement in the shots that are... The shots are still. It's right. just, like, still shots, but there's movement within the shot. Right. And there's a lot of, like... I don't know, like, anecdote about it. That's like, you know, she goes and sees this fridge. She goes to see the fridge and they talk about the fridge. She visits right. the music, sound studio. Yeah, she goes, favorite scene of the One movie. great scene when she goes to a sound studio to try to replicate the sound that she has heard with a sound engineer. And they just go back and forth trying out different sounds. So, you know, it's a very still shot, a very still scene, but there's a conversation going on. They're there's trying sound, all these sounds. Yeah. They're trying one after the other. There's another scene when they go out to dinner and there's like a whole conversation going on. Um, oh, and yeah, I forgot about the... Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of scenes like that. There's a lot of talking going on, a lot of happening, but there's also like very little going on in a way, right? It's just like kind of searching for for what this is. Yeah. 
Um, I also thought it was kind of like a funny movie at times. There's a lot of funny moments and, in and, it. And, and yeah, the way that Tilda will deliver a line. Is, right, because you know, she's, she's, her Spanish yeah. is only so, so, so she like kind of like tries to speak in Spanish, tries Sounds to communicate. Like <laughs> and then she, sometimes she can't, sometimes she can't. And, um, so it's, uh, so I'm saying all this to make it sound kind of approachable because other, it might seem like a movie that is very kind of like, artsy and, and serious about what it's going to do. But I think that what I like about a Pichupong a lot is that it's with art director who has a sense of humor about mm -hmm. his stuff. Yeah. And he always mixes profound things and profound important thoughts with silly thoughts. Yeah. And so you have this a movie that is kind of funny and, and doesn't take itself too seriously while being about the relationship of past and present and yeah. the history of the world and the land that you're in. I mean, yeah, you know, he's from Thailand, which has a history. Uh, he made he does his first movie outside of Thailand because he's not very welcome there anymore because of the dictatorship. Right. So um, he has a lot of feelings about that. He had made his last couple of movies, especially in Thailand, had been very in its own kind of like opaque, a pitchafung way, critiques of like mm -hmm. the violent history of Thailand, you know. Mm. And now he comes to another country, Colombia, which has also had dictatorships right. and it's also like has a history of violence. Exactly. Um, and talk about some about this kind of these things from the past kind of recurring in the present and being communicating through time, through time and space, you know, um, in a way. Yeah. Um, that is one explanation of it. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? I think I really... I, yeah, I think it was just, again, like Titan, and maybe this is like, uh, if you want to make a movie that Saj will love, you got to give her some, you got to give me, uh, <coughs> like, something that feels visceral, <coughs> either mm. through image or through sound. Like, auditorially, mm. I can't, I can't, I, my ears were like on fire i was so i mean i was a little high but i was so i was very high i was so <laughs> aware of every sound that was happening while i was watching that movie mm -hmm. especially because because it he is said, about that it is about that and he sets it up so well in the beginning right because yeah. the first shot it's like almost so quiet so quiet until the until boom. the sound and it just it just is so jarring and then like once sound comes into the movie there are still there are moments also when mm -hmm. sound leaves and comes back but when when there is sound happening in the movie it's just kind of very important very important and and, and it feels overwhelming and like hearing someone's cough from across the room or whatever you know what I mean the scene with the car alarms the random oh scene my gosh yes through the parking lots around. and they dee, 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 yeah. and they all go on and they all go off and it's yeah yeah it's I, a very <sighs> it's a very unique movie it's yeah. talk about vibes too it's yes. all vibes all vibes right um, and um, and it's okay if you see it and you think it's just weird and you don't get it but yeah. also I feel like you will get something out of it if you go with that with an open mind about right. it, because I think it's willing to give you certain stuff and it's willing to tell you maybe there's an answer, maybe there's not. May take away what you want. Right. Just kind of fall asleep if you need fall to. Fall asleep if you need to. Just like hang out right. and see what you get out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like. Which I did fall asleep at some point. And it's fine because yeah. that's just kind of the vibe. Yeah. 
And um, but it was so lovely. my favorite scene, though, I have to say that at one point Tilda meets a man who says that he can remember everything that's oh, ever yeah. happened. Um, Around that time. Oh, right. Oh, so yeah. you missed, like, what... I missed the initial, their initial the, conversation. The, the, well, no, I didn't miss their initial conversation. That's not true. No, you missed right after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's when they're in the fish. Yeah, with the fish. Yeah, 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 no, I didn't, I just saw the fish. Yeah, and there is a part, yeah, so that whole section I thought was yeah. uh, quite incredible and quite very interesting about what it was trying to say about memory. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the name of the movie is Memoria, so... Um, yes. But, like, how memories can exist and what it means to remember something and what it means to not remember something and um <laughs> at the end of the day the movie is about Tilda Swinton being an empath really yeah. <laughs> so stupid Tilda Swinton the empath, empath that's maybe. what it is yeah um but yeah I thought it was a great movie I really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no as a, actually what I had said when I left I said as someone with Tinnitus, it was ah. a really interesting movie. It's an actual thing that he has experienced. Yes, that's what he said. The exploding head yes, syndrome. syndrome. Yes. Yeah. That it's... Obviously, that's not what it is in the movie, but um, that's kind of well, the inspiration for it. Don't give it a... Well... I mean, I don't... I mean... Just I don't kidding. think yeah, it yeah. is, no, because, not, like, no, like she doesn't not, go to the doctor and the doctor tells her it's exploding head syndrome, it's you know? Not. like I'm just saying. Um, but it's something that can happen to you when you're sleeping. Yeah. You can just hear a loud sound. Um... But anyway, that is um, my favorite movie of the year. And why is it? Because <laughs> that's the one that... <laughs> I mean, we were talking about a lot of other movies um, mm-hmm. that I love. But I think there was something about this that just felt kind of um, on a different level to me. Mm. That I connected to it and on a level that it it felt so... On a level of 10 milligrams. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just felt so so special. It felt like such an, an incredible experience to get to see this movie. Yeah. That, um, that I just couldn't not put it on number one. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, like something else, you know? Yeah, no. I definitely had to make my top. Yeah, because it was such an experience. Mm-hmm. Or what do you think? Yeah. And I would watch it again, actually. You would sadly, it will be hard to watch it on, on the movies in theaters. Yeah, theaters again. The way that they're doing it is they're playing supposedly one movie theater at a time, in America, and they are planning to play it for a long time, as long as they can. Right. Going from town to town, I think it's a bad way to release a movie, but well, we'll see what what happens mm-hmm. with that. Um. Um, it is. I can't remember. Why did they say they were doing that? It's just an idea because they're like, you know, they're just trying to get people to come to see it in the movie theater and they think that that might do it. Oh, they want, right. They want to make sure that people see it in the theater. But I don't know. They're like, it's, know. it's such a hard time for movies. And yeah. like, so they think people are just trying different shit to see if it works and gets people out there to see something that's not Spider-Man. But, um, oh. well, Spider-Man is the only movie that's made any money last year. So. <laughs> That and House of Gucci, apparently, oh, are the only God. ones that people went out to see. Lord. Um, but, um, you know, yeah. so that's our favorite movies. Do you want to recap what your favorites were? Okay, so number one, Titan. Number two, Master. Number three, Come On, Come On. Number four, Memoria. 
Number five. You forgot already. What was it? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot. Um. um wait. What was number five? What was your number five? Well, okay. think about it. Well, Sorry, I we said... took a very long break in between and now to remember what I said. Where's your notes? My notes are on my phone, which I don't have with me. Oh, it's right there. You have my Why do you so have my I... phone? So should I say my? Well, you remember what your number five Tick, tick, boom. Oh, my God. Tick, tick, boom. That's right. Number five is tick, tick, boom. And for me, in reverse order, number five was... The Great Matt Farley with Her She Got Married. Yes. Number four, The Matrix Resurrections. Number three, Days. Number two, Licorice Pizza. And number one, Memoria. Right. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing next, so... Oh, we didn't fuck Mary... Well, I guess we marry all of them? Well, yeah, because they're our favorites. Aw, <laughs> oh, damn. We didn't think this through. What? Okay, say a movie from this year that you would fuck but not marry. A movie from this year that I would fuck. Because the movies you mentioned, you would marry, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So I would, would marry you, them. Or something that you would kill. Well, we said what we would kill at the beginning I've... when we talk about our least favorites. Something you Say. would fuck but not marry. Um, to be honest, I don't know if I have one that would fuck. No? What about Power of the Dog? Would you be like... I wouldn't fuck it. No. I wouldn't kill it, but I wouldn't fuck it. You're not into it. No. The oh. only thing I would fuck is the score. What about Spencer? I would I would fuck the score of Spencer. Score of Spencer. Okay, but the movie itself. The not. movie itself I wouldn't fuck. You know Kristen what movie? Stewart, I would probably. You know what movie I I, I fuck with? What? Old. You do M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> about the movie that make the beach that makes you old. Yeah. That was good. That's a good movie and it was fun and I thought that it was done in a way that I have never seen a movie quite like it in terms of how it was directed, the cinematography, the camera moves, and the framing of the shots, mm -hmm. and the pace of the movie was very strange. Everything about it was very strange and very, you know, eerie mm -hmm. in a way that felt new to me. Yeah. So props to M. Night. Yeah. I would almost fuck it. I just... The thing is, okay, here's the thing. is It's like I'm having sex with that movie, But I just couldn't come because the ending didn't. The ending didn't. It didn't oh, stick it didn't the landing. Satisfy. Right, exactly. So I was like all so, hyped up, like kind of like really hot, and then yeah, just kind of left a little bit. Le but I don't know. I like feel like I came along the way a couple <laughs> times. So at the end, when it would kind of fizzle out, it was like, okay, I'm tired at this point. You know, we've been fucking for a while. So <laughs> oh god, it's okay. definitely the two different ways that we approach things. <laughs> All right. Um, what else? We don't know what we're gonna come. I think our my goal. I haven't talked about this with you, but I think maybe On we should pod, try to baby. do it. Do an episode like at least once a month. Yeah, of course, that sounds good. So we maybe see movies once a month at least. So maybe next time we'll be around Valentine's Day. So we will Ooh, we will pick some like romantic movies. Gross. Or or maybe not. Maybe we should do <laughs> counter programming and do movies about people being single. Or something. Maybe. What about Bridget Jones? Do you want to do that? Oh, God. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs>